So what I want to do this morning is, as best as I can, is just try and help us just put a bow on this week and, and for God's glory, get the most out of this week. We want to redeem this week, right? Uh, my daughter said something Friday night that really caught my attention. She said to us, she was trying to count how many all-church retreats she had been to. So we start talking about, oh, yeah, you know, it was, we were at this location, and then it was that location, and then it was this and that. And so we're, we're trying to do the math on how many retreats that she's been a part of, our family's been a part of. And, you know, when you think about all-church retreat for Midtown as a church, I can't begin to tell you the amount of planning, coordination, money <laughs> that goes into all-church retreat. And then for those of us with, with, with children, just the packing alone can feel daunting, right? I mean, just what goes into just, just trying to pack. And I pack differently than Lori. Like, I'm, I can pack in five minutes. I'm one bag, I'm good. Lori, I don't know. I'm like, wait a minute, I feel like you're trying to pack the whole house. Like, we can't take everything, right? I mean, it's just, it's just endless. And we do all of that to get away, to meet with God, hopefully, in a life-changing way. But here's the question on the floor, and I think this is the question. How different will your life be as a result of this week? Everything that went into it, from an MBT perspective, from your personal perspective, all the people that were brought in to pour into us, a lot went into this week. But when the dust clears, five days from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, six months from now, will there be a noticeable difference as a result of this week? Would you be finding Mark chapter 6? I want to talk about this more today, and I just, just trusting to hear from the Lord about wrapping this week up. Mark chapter 6, and this will be, again, we, we've got more text than time, but there are just a few key observations I want to touch on and have us consider. Mark 6, beginning in verse 45. And straightway, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them, and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them, to the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. 
for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. So what's very interesting about this account is we're talking about just probably a few hours being removed from the feeding of the 5,000. It's where they were. This also followed Jesus calming a raging sea in Mark chapter 4, where when the dust cleared on that, they thought, wow, uh, even the winds and the sea obey him. He's more than just a great teacher. So these disciples, they had experienced and had been eyewitnesses to the power of God. I mean, front row seat. I mean, this was, I mean, you and I would <laughs> to have experienced both of those uh, would have been amazing. But they find themselves here in the fourth watch of the night. So that's somewhere between three and six a.m. And when you compare this with John's account in John chapter six, you realize that they had been toiling and rowing for hours and had only made it about halfway across the sea. It's about seven miles. I mean, this is a situation. So by the time Jesus appeared to them, they would have been physically spent. And again, a lot of these, these were commercial fishermen. I mean, like, uh, this was a situation. And not only that, if they've been rowing for hours and to only have found themselves halfway across the sea, they had to have been afraid. We're out of gas. <laughs> and we're not even, I mean, we're just at the halfway point. Now, there are a number of views regarding the disciples in terms of why they didn't recognize him. And, and I've, I've, I've read all of that. I've considered all of it. But here's what captures my attention above that. The issue was they were not looking for him. They weren't looking for him. As a matter of fact, their, 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 their mindset, listen, hey, listen, the, the conference was over, so to speak. That was over. <laughs> that was great. Wow, yes, he fed him from nothing. Wow, remember in chapter four? Okay, but, but those experiences were over. Listen, just because he had sent them and departed into a mountain to pray, listen, did not mean that he wasn't with them. Just because the conference had ended, so to speak, did not mean that he wasn't with them. Look at verse 48 again. Here's Jesus, and at this point, on the mountain, and he saw them toiling and rowing. He was still with them. Even though the feeding of the, five, of the 5,000, even though that was over, even though he had sent them and he stayed back to pray, notice, would you notice, how did Jesus follow that great conference, that great miracle? He went up to pray. That ought to tell us something. So even though they were not physically together, Jesus was still with them. 
I think sometimes we, 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 we have these, these, these mountaintop experiences with God, like ACR and whatnot, and then it's over, and it's almost like, well, God, that was a great time. I'll catch up with you again in a year. Please, I think you ought to hear this. Testing often follows a corporate moving of God. Testing often follows a corporate moving of God. Israel experienced and witnessed the power of God and their deliverance out of Egypt. They most certainly experienced it at the crossing of the Red Sea. That was a corporate moving of God. God moved in a way that only he could move in the midst of his people. But after that, they went three days in the wilderness and found no water, and they come to Mar. And there's a problem. The water's bitter. Not drinkable. Now, it, God had just given them a great lesson about water, hadn't he? <laughs> God had just demonstrated something about himself that was incredible about water. Was water a problem for God? God had shown them that water poses no challenge to me. None whatsoever. Like the disciples, though, when they got to Mar, they would have been tired. Been three days out any water. <laughs> they would have been physically weak, emotionally tapped. I mean, all of that. Instead of remembering what God had done for them in Egypt and at the Red Sea, here's what they did. Exodus fifteen twenty four, and the people murmured against Moses, saying, "What shall we drink?" Again, testing often follows a corporate moving of God, where God says, okay, I, I, I've, I've taught you, I, I, I've, I've shown you, so that when that test comes, you have the answer. You have the answer. Israel experienced and witnessed the power of God at Jericho, did they not? Wow. Those walls, humanly speaking, were impenetrable, towering. God says, that's nothing for me. They overcome that. But in Joshua chapter 7, sin enters the camp. And Joshua and his men now, as they're getting ready to take this city of Ai, the conclusion was, we got it. We, we needed God for Jericho. And we needed God to cross the Jordan and all of that, but, but we don't need him for AI. We got that. So the, the conference at Jericho had concluded. And their conclusion was, man, we can handle AI. Don't have to pray about it. <laughs> don't have to seek the Lord. You think if Joshua goes to the Lord before AI, God would have revealed to him, Joshua, you got a problem in the camp. Someone has taken of the accursed thing. No. No, I got it. They could get it done. It ended 
in disaster. 36 men died. Testing often follows a corporate moving of God. We'll do ACR again next year. Mission focus is approaching. Be here before you know it. Would you please hear this? For so many believers, their walk with God is all about, listen, the pursuit of the next spiritual high. When do I get that next high? When is it? When's the next high? They, they, they go from one mountaintop seeking the next mountaintop, and it's everything from conferences to concerts uh, to camps, <laughs> podcasts, uh, Christian, whatever is under the umbrella. They're, they're seeking this. It's almost like a, it's like a spiritual drug where I want, to get, I want to get spiritually high. I want to feel amazing. I want to feel on top of the world. And, and man, if, if I go to that camp, if I go to that retreat, that's where I'll get it. They're like the men in John chapter 6 who were looking for Jesus. And when they found him, he exposed them. He says, you're not really looking for me. You're not really interested in me as the Messiah. You know what you want? You want another fix. That's what you want. You want another experience. You want another high. As we continue to have these corporate gatherings and experience God move in our midst, please, one of the purposes behind all of it whether it's ACR or mission focus or whatever it might be, one of the purposes behind those mountaintop experiences, you ready? Is to equip you with what you need for the valley when you come down. It, 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 the whole idea is, is not to get you on this mountaintop and keep you up here and keep you keep this buzz going. No, it's see, God knows that between this mountain peak and this mountain peak, there's a valley. And God says, while we're up here, I'm going to give you what you need because I know where you're going and I know what's coming. So I'm going to equip you and give you what you need so that when that shows up, you know exactly what to do. Every week, Mark sends out a follow-up a weekly follow-up to recap what we cover in class. Why do we do that? Sunday mornings are mountaintop-like, are they not? Sunday morning, man, we, we get that high, don't we? We're here. Like, you guys were having a blast in your groups, weren't you? And that's great. You come early, we have coffee, we can talk, we can enjoy each other. That's great. And the word of God is open. We go to main service. The, the praise and worship is off the hook. Sam's preaching is through the roof. I mean, Sunday is outstanding, isn't it? 
But then Monday shows up every time, doesn't it? And so does Tuesday. And so does Wednesday. Everything sounds crystal clear right now, doesn't it? Your intentions couldn't be better. You, you intend to, everything you shared in your small group, your, your intention is that, yes, I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to see that actualize in my life. I'm going to live that out. Yes, I heard from the Lord, and, and, and it, is, it couldn't be clear. By the time Wednesday hits, what well, was so clear on Sunday, we can't even remember it. Those intentions that were so good have waned. Whether it's ACR, Sunday morning, Tuesday night, let me encourage you to embrace what I believe to be a very simple but immensely critical step. And it's one that I'm certain that many of us, we overlook, or if we don't overlook it, we just, we, we mitigate it. We water it down. It's just, ah. Eh. But you, you have it right here in verse 52 here in Mark chapter 6. Look at it one more time. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. That phrase, they considered, it means to put together. To put together. You know what that tells me? What that tells me is we are responsible before God to do something with what he gives us during these times. Whether it's ACR or mission focus or main service or life fellowship, it doesn't matter. You're meeting with God, with, with, with God's people, and God is moving in a way that only he can move. God says, okay, I am entrusting you with something. And what I am entrusting you with I want you to take that and I want you to put that together in your life. The disciples experienced and they were eyewitnesses of the miracle of the loaves. The issue was within a few hours when they're toiling and they're rowing on the sea, it was as if the miracle of the loaves never happened. Why? Because they failed to put together what that meant in their lives. In the moment, they were blown away. In the moment, they saw God move. They experienced it. But it stopped right there. My former pastor, Dr. Jeff Adams, I will never forget him saying, I don't understand why people come to me for counseling. I'm not going to tell them anything different from what I tell them on Sunday mornings. I remember him saying that very clearly. I remember him teaching us that. Why does that happen? That happens because people sit in rooms like this, 
They sit in rooms like ACR. They sit in rooms like the main sanctuary here in just a moment. And they hear incredible things from God's word. They see God move in a powerful way. But when they leave, they leave that here. They don't take it with them. You know, one of the things I know as a father, one of the things that I'm extremely cognizant of is I am always studying the decisions of my children because their decisions are telling me everything about where they are in relationship to their walk with God through his word. If their decisions are honoring God and pleasing God and are aligning themselves with his word, I know for a fact that they are walking with God. I know for a fact that my children aren't just coming to church because that's what we do as a family. I know that they are owning and stewarding their own relationship with God because their decisions tell me that. Here's what I can tell you as a pastor. What gives it away when you watch people and you watch how they walk, their decisions tell you everything. Their decisions tell you whether or not they are putting God's word together in their life. Their decisions tell you whether or not they are really listening and hearing from the Lord or just playing church. Decisions never lie. Brothers and sisters, we cannot, nor will we earn a crown for attending conferences. Listening to as many podcasts as you can stuff down your ears. Reading as many Christian books as you can read. Going to as many conferences and concerts and all of that stuff, which God can use. But just doing those things alone accomplishes very little, if anything, in your life. But change that falls out to the glory of God happens when you and I meet with God in the context of his body. And we see God move in a powerful way and we say, you know what, Lord? I am not going to let that fall to the ground. When you look at my life six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, for your glory, we can point back and say, you know what, ACR 2022, God said this to me. And that didn't just go in one ear and out the other. No, that went in this ear, and then it went into this place, and then it got down into this heart, and then it came out of this life. Not, oh man, oh, ACR was great, it was wonderful, oh, that was great, and then we're just back to towing, sorry, toiling, rowing, just going through the grind again, but nothing's really changed. Why? Because the conference is over. You know what's interesting? If you look at your life, I've seen this. This was a reality in my life at one point. I remember the Holy Spirit dealing with me very clearly once. I was driving, I was at a red light, and I just stopped and I looked down and in the floorboard of my car, maybe it's just me, but in the floorboard of my car, 
in the back seat was the handout from the message on that Sunday. This was a Tuesday or a Wednesday, something like that. So the handout from the previous Sunday, I'd taken excellent notes. I'd heard from the Lord. But guess how much that meant to me? It's on the floorboard of my car. But man, that's next Sunday. I, I show up. Oh man, I'm ready. Oh man, the praise. Oh, I'm going to preach is going to be really good. And I'm going to get more. And God says, if someone were to offer you a million dollars to just go over the main points on that sheet, you couldn't do it, could you? No. And then we wonder, why are we struggling? Why is, still, why is there still no peace? Man, did all that work, all that packing, walking in all that heat, spending all that money to only consider not the miracle of ACR, the miracle of mission focus, the miracle of Sunday morning. So let me ask you as I close, what is your process for putting together the things that God gives you when you meet with him in a corporate setting? What's your process? If you don't have a process, I promise you, more than you probably care to realize, you're not considering the things that God is giving you in settings like this. It's just a spiritual high, and when it wears off, it's over. And so, so many of you come in on a Sunday morning and you're just spiritually dehydrated. Gasping. Like, I need, I need that high. I need that drug. Give it to me. Are you guys the same and say, are you tracking with me? And so for us to get the most out of ACR, guys, it's a matter of you. Let me tell you this, and I'll be done, I promise. This week right here, the week that follows ACR is as critical as ACR itself. It's what you and God do this week together. It's what you do with all that God gave you this, this, this week. It's you sitting at his feet. It's you going back and meditating over those notes and praying and, and getting specific about what those steps of obedience have to look like in your life. Not just turning the page and then showing up Tuesday night for some, it's, it's kind of a letdown. Oh, now we're just back to Tuesday night. Or now we're back to Sunday morning because, man, we're down back in the valley now. That's how it can go down, guys. So what's your process? Let me challenge you. 
when you get those emails from Mark on Wednesday, don't just look, oh, <sighs> delete. <laughs> that I hit a nerve. That says something. That says something about you. That says something about you not respecting the importance of having a process to steward what God gives you. And because you don't, you are letting things that God give you, they just keep falling to the ground. And, that, and those same things are the areas that you keep tripping in over and over and over and over again. Like Jeff said, where people are tripping, and there have been times where I've said to myself, man, I know I've said that a hundred times. I know I've said that. I know, I've, I know what I teach. <laughs> but when people walk out that door, it's just business as usual, man. Lord, to much is given, much is required. You've given us much this week, which means you will require much from us. So, Lord, please help us to put it together. Each and every time we are with you, with your people, God, let us be very careful to make sure that we properly steward that for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.